Taco Boy. Mm, no, I didn't. I didn't even like that as I was saying it. I didn't like. Echo Boys with Josh and Pete. Echo Boys with Josh and Pete. Am I? Am I right? Echo, 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 Pete, and maybe Josh? Echo Boys, am I right? What a, and I have a lot of ideas fire. about how I'm going to write that out. What a fire, 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 fire introduction. Boys, boys, boys. Intro, tro, tro, tro. So this was the first introduction. This is the first theme song that I did. So Josh, um, just throw... Wow. 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 Okay. Who is that punk that wrote in and said I made up my girlfriend? So, how about that? No, I'm recording. And now people are going to email how much how much did you claim that I made up a girlfriend? And I didn't even PayPal that woman or anything. <laughs> um, that is that is right. We don't use Venmo. Um, we are no, we use Zell. <laughs> Zell. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to date yourself even more, talk about Zell. Um, well, I don't know. PayPal, I think, is a little older, right? PayPal is. That's because. Um, all the different um, um, I'm a PayPal man, like um, networks or whatever, like Nintendo. Mm -hmm. You have to use PayPal. <laughs> I think it's the same for PlayStation and Xbox. Um, yeah, I think I do play PlayStation. I do through PayPal. I play. Um, I, I pay for my piano lesson through PayPal. During the pandemic, I I paid the comic book store through PayPal. You know what, Josh? I I paid for my dog through PayPal. Wow! I mean, yeah, that's big, that's huge news for PayPal. Yeah, and our sponsor. Meanwhile, yeah, our, our sponsor <laughs> this week is PayPal. PayPal, come join my recording on PayPal happening right now. The easiest way to make a payment. PayPal. You your finances to Echo. If you don't want a bad batch of transactions um so we're talking about bad batch. i'm very excited we're going the I whole 60 minutes with you oh yeah we're 100 percent. like buddy we got a lot to talk about um not only do I we have a lot to talk to about um this might be one of those episodes where um granted this is such a weird time of recording because mm -hmm. May the fourth um, was is a Tuesday. We're recording it live. Oh, um, May the fourth, yeah. This is the day. We're this is fresh for us. The show premiered today. You know, I haven't had an opportunity to watch it a second time. Like traditionally with Resistance and stuff, I would try to watch mm -hmm. it once clean, and then I would watch it a second time and try to mm -hmm. you know write down interesting stuff. I didn't have time to do that, but I wanted to capture the energy of of having it fresh because honestly, that's to me the the coolest part about having a Star Wars podcast that no one listens to is it is it does kind of become a time capsule. Like, you know, you and I can go back and we can listen the day before and the minutes after we watch Rise of Skywalker. You know, we have that. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting. And so, yeah, I, I thought it was important to capture the well, energy of the premiere and, well, and Josh, the freshness of it. The episode that I think of is when we did Celebration in Chicago. Oh, boy. Because yeah, we, were, we were very adamant back when we cared and had other things going on. Oh, and <laughs> um, we were hell-bent on doing like seven episodes in, yep. in the, during the weekend of Celebration. We were like... Not only are we not going to sleep at all, but we are we are not going to talk about Star Wars for like the month of July. Um, and I can I can those are the episodes that I think back on are like the the one of the big interview, which a lot of people oh that was um, a good one, which are really a, um, a big fan of. And then when we started our um, unhealthy tilt towards competition, and we did like the Sabak episode yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, you mean um, the solo card game? 
<laughs> you have to go back and listen to that episode for more context on that one. Uh, but yeah, so this is this is day of. This is we're recording this on on May the fourth. I will say, obviously, you know, like there was a time where uh, my girlfriend, who previously cameoed on the show, I remember her watching the first season of Clone Wars with me and being like, you know, at first I was kind of like. You know, it was a kid's show. And then it really hit me that, like, this is it for Star Wars. Like, this is the only Star Wars out there. And I love Star Wars. And this is what Star Wars is right now. Like, this is it. And it was very much like a drought of, like, Star Wars is just one thing. And if that compelled you, if Clone Wars compelled you, it was great. But, like, if you didn't love that, but you did love Star Wars, you know, you would be on the outs. So with that in mind, it is no small thing that May the 4th brought with it the premiere of a of a new Star Wars show, which is, you know, I think we're spoiled now, but in the grand scheme of the history of Star Wars, it's a pretty big deal. That said, outside of Bad Batch, I mean, they didn't really have much going on. There wasn't really much much compelling going on. Like, oh, we have a Wrecker figure. Oh, cool. Well, this is this is a tough thing though because <clears throat> I um anything think- on Star Wars, um. Because I didn't want to be spoiled about the Bad Batch, which is the problem Mm -hmm. that you run when you premiere a show when you're also trying to sell millions and millions of merchandise. So I actually, as of right now, I'll probably end up getting something by the end of the day. And this is a a late night Echo Boys recording, but... Mm -hmm. Boys, 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 boys. Boys, boys, boys. Uh, I actually, I don't. I haven't really seen any news. Um, there's something vaguely about a Star Wars hotel, which is the same price as a Star Wars cruise. Uh, yeah. I've seen on Twitter. And then I think they're teasing like a more a more quote unquote realistic fake lightsaber is something I saw being talked about, but I am too old and jaded to look into it. Yeah. So bad match. Star Wars podcast. And gr- and granted. Um, I'm sure people are going to do deeper dives. Um, and a lot of times what, but not they, cooler dives. Well, this is a unique episode. Um, po boy fans and newly formed echo boy fans. Echo we boy typically Legion. see, we, we just finished this month of going on. Month and or so, or yes. And months. we would take a piece of information and then we would talk about it for, well, you, you know, those of you that are still listening, um, we, <laughs> we, we talked about it for a while. I have no interest in talking about May the 4th. I only mm-hmm. want to talk about this episode. Yeah, I mean, let's um, get in. Why are we even staying on ceremony? Let's get into this. I mean, I got notes. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Look, I was uh, going into this, I really really did kind of think like being a sequel to clone wars is kind of a huge deal like for a certain subsect of star wars fans that i think we both include ourselves in clone wars is foundational star wars clone wars is right there with a new hope quite frankly in terms of just like this is star wars to me and last night i was thinking about i was like man they really you know and i was excited i was i don't know i was excited but I guess I was I was prepared for like I had very middling expectations. Same, right? same. Yeah, buddy, I was blown away by this premiere. Um, like almost here, immediately. Let me let me add a, a similar vein but a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Bad Batch is not something I've been looking forward to. It mm-hmm. is something that I I wanted a new story. I wanted. Luke's yeah, Jedi I Academy. I wanted Ray's. I wanted you know what happens to Ray. I want High Republic. I wanted. I wanted <clears> literally <throat> anything than these three, these five clones five. from an arc I didn't care about. Yeah, <laughs> five, five and friend. Well, absolutely. Because um, you think I mean the Clone Wars was an anthology show, right? Like this show visited the entire galaxy, and there are so many loose ends to the clone wars even still like so many question marks and so the idea of like amongst all those question marks you're going to take what to my mind was effectively a period at the end of the sentence of bad batch which was they showed up for four episodes okay cool that's different 
end of sentence, and that's what you're going to base a show off of? You know, where's where's Ventress? Where's Quinlan Voss? What happened to Commander Cody? You know, whatever. But yeah. Or what what happens to Rex? What, what happens? What happens to Ahsoka? Thing, um, mm-hmm. What happens to Shock T? Spoilers. All right. So when we get into this, yeah. Um, fans. Um, happening post haste. Po boys, Echo boys. Just so you Tono know, boys. We're, we're, talking we're talking about any detail, any spoiler yeah, about this show. If you yeah. have not seen it, mm-hmm. I implore you. It is very good. Yeah, we just bagged on it. I don't yeah. think we've spoiled anything. We haven't. Take this enthusiasm and and run with it. You you should really you should check it out. It was is fantastic. Yeah, because I was probably a little bit more jaded than you about this, and I watched it in the morning. They do you know the new cartoon take on the intro, the Star Wars introduction where they're showing the different helmets, which I thought was fine. Oh yeah, I hate that thing. Yep. The thing that's in the beginning of the Mandalorian, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I do hate that. Um, I thought it was fine. I like the the real, like the live version of it, the Mandalorian version of it better, but whatever. Um, and the then, same. then when we get to no, 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 it, it's um, they added some stuff into it, and it's a cartoon version of it. If you if you check it again, um, if you check the Mandalorian one again, you'll find that it's definitely not live action. Whatever. And so here here's the thing. When they started the episode, and I don't know if they're gonna do episode two with this, where you have that introduction of what's that happening was in the Clone I, Wars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a note I, I took was is that gonna be a thing going forward? The narration at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um it could be, it couldn't be. I was very pleased that it happened. If that um, happened, I'd be cool if they moved away from it in the future. But I did think it was it was a cool, yeah, kind of transitional device to really establish, like, hey, you know, we're we're in tune with the spirit of this property that a lot of fans like, and we're we're attempting to kind of continue that. It was kind of you know they immediately cut to the Clone Wars logo burning away to the Bad Batch logo. Love Part that. He's like. I do love it. I do love the visual. And, you know, I, I understand the, the spiritual succession kind of being implied there. Part of me wonders if, you know, it, that wouldn't have been more effective at the end of the episode. But it's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. I mean, people don't really. Not a complaint. With, not with, with streaming, um, you know, after episode two, anybody who watches episode one is going to get to that, like, you have 30 seconds to. Uh, <laughs> press this button until you get to the next one so i can yeah, see why that, that that didn't happen now yeah. we get to an overview of like all the different planets that are about to have jedi die on them which i thought was a right. nice little like showing of like you know uh um, kill all is um i don't remember the other planets though that was the distinct one they showed the bridge crossing um, oh did they okay mm-hmm. um i there, there's a few other ones that weren't like um oh they were just the space battle over coruscant i believe yeah that i picked up on for sure mm-hmm. and then we get to we get to Kaller, which is where um deep balapa deep and yeah and caleb dune are yeah are there Big. and um Rebels when, fans out there I um so I watched this episode in the morning mm-hmm. and kind of groggy, you know, I'm excited but you know, I don't really know what to expect. When I saw her cuz you see mm-hmm. her first mm-hmm. and and then and Caleb do. Dune shows up, I was like three things, three things. I was like excited and I'm like I don't want to see this. Like I I know what happens and it's just like mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to see this. And then the third reaction was, man, like six hours from now, somebody's going to already splice all of this into Order 66. I've got some that... comments about that coming up. Don't you worry. <laughs> because there's that, there's, there's, the, and um, listeners, you can check it out if you want. I'm sure there's multiple um, iterations of this, but yeah, um, at this point, there are people on YouTube that have s- spliced Ahsoka, 
and her Order 66 scene, Fallen Order, the video game's Order 66 yeah. scene, and, and, and Revenge of the Sith. So this this is the fourth iteration or the fourth take on Order 66. Yeah. Um. Yeah, go ahead. And it it's it is interesting because it's you know we talked about it with the the Tano Boys episode where we were talking about how it finally came to fruition in the Clone Wars and how impactful that was and it is so fascinating to me because it's this event that I mean I have to imagine as a terrible fifteen year old boy watching Revenge of the Sith for the first time. It had no impact on me. I did not care. These Jedi are not precious to me. You did not, Episode 2 did nothing to endear me to Kiati Mundi. Like, I do not care that he's mowed down. And I think, you know, the quick and easy joke to make is like, oh, the, you know, all the Jedi go down like punks. Like, Ayla Sakura turns her back, and then all of a sudden she gets mowed down. You know, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. emotionally devastating. But as that event has been revisited in successive properties, its emotional impact, I think, has has heightened to the point where, you know, in Fallen Order, which is something that is not a particularly emotionally impactful Star Wars property to me, but the Order 66 sequence in that game is. And then you get to Clone Wars. And when that event happens in Clone Wars, this thing that's so mundane is not a surprise to anyone. Everyone knows it's coming. Like, this was the inevitability set into place with the pilot episode of Clone Wars. But it, I mean, that freaking sequence murdered me. Because I know Rex, I know Ahsoka. And so to see that revisited yet again, I really feel like they understood going into this, if we're going to touch this material again, we really have to come correct. And we have to present a different angle on it. And we have to hit all the emotional beats just right. And it's because it's, you know, there's a convenience to Order 66. And that it's almost like a universal standard time. Like when Order 66 happens, a lot of other dominoes fall into place. And you conveniently understand where you are. You know, so a casual viewer who's maybe only watched the Star Wars movies and is turning into Bad Batch. When Order 66 happens... They immediately understand where they are. They don't have to be like, oh, wait, so these guys aren't stormtroopers and Darth Vader's not a thing yet. You know, it's, it, they immediately understand where they are. So there's a convenience to it. But if you're going to take advantage of that convenience to set your timeline, you, you've really got to come correct. And boy, did they, they really did. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, equivalent to Clone Wars. Because, you know, some of these are new characters. And like, you know, okay, Hunter's great. Cool. I get it. Snake Plissken is a great role model. Thumbs up. You know. Eh, yeah, whatever. But they did a great job. So, two points that I want to talk about. The first being seeing the finale to Clone Wars. And listeners, you I mean, at this point, you should have seen it. Um, it is another Order 66. Yeah, you um, gotta take... watch that bad boy. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, on, I don't know. I don't I don't feel bad spoiling that kind of stuff. So that that episode I mean, ends you, with you should watch it ends with explaining Ahsoka in order 66. And right. it's a it's Ahsoka and it's Rex centered. It doesn't follow any other clones. It's the two of them. And it humanizes mm-hmm. the clones um, at various points. You know, it puts Rex in this moral dilemma and Ahsoka removes him of that burden. And Mm -hmm. seeing that, right, it's the longest Order 66 that we get to see um, because we we see the Fallen Order one where um, the um, Jedi Master could care less about the clones and mows like all of them down without any remorse. Um, That humanizes the clones. It humanizes the process. It humanizes everything. So the thing that I thought was the most telling was um, Deepa she doesn't like kill any of them. In fact, her commander, she kicks him um, and oh, then goes into I a defensive position. Mm-hmm. And she goes into a defensive position and then she, you know, yells for Caleb to run. Now yeah, we've talked about this. They have mm-hmm. to do right. Because this is something, this is mild spoilers for Star Wars rebels, but that's something that, Caleb Dune in the future is confronted by with the Grand Inquisitor is, oh, what was it your master said to you? 
what were her last words to you? And they run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this kind of not to totally derail what you're talking about, but in, in recent episodes, we've kind of been talking about comic books and the EU and how sometimes huge events are touched on in a comic book in such a way that it's like, I wish you wouldn't bother because I don't feel like this explanation will stand. Right. And mm-hmm. one of the first comic books Marvel did was a Canaan series. And that Canaan series explained what happened to Canaan in order 66. And so that's, I think the planet, I think they kept, but I mean, Bad Batch had no part in that, you know. And so the the broad strokes are are there in that he was with Yubavalapa and she's killed by the clones and she tells him to run. But I mean, they abandoned that. That's no longer that continuity no longer holds water, right? Like, I guess that's just decanonized, or you know, who knows who knows what the process for that is. But it does kind of tie into uh, previous comments I made about like stuff like Rise of Kylo Ren or something, where it's like. This is a big moment in Star Wars history. Are you really going to try and convince me that this is how you're going to say the final word on this story? I don't know. And I mean, I didn't watch Bad Batch being like, oh, this is heresy. This is this contradicts canon. It didn't didn't ruin it for me at all. I read that comic book. I enjoyed that comic book. I watched the show. I enjoyed this show. But it is, I think, a good example of stuff that we've been talking about recently. Well, I am. I mean, we're probably going to be there in person when somebody asks Dave on a panel at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2037. Oh, Pete, we're going to be on stage. When we're on the stage. We're going to be right there with Dave. And we're shielding shielding him. They're asking us that they ask Dave. Right, right, right. honestly 33, 33, 33 that any of the three of us get asked that question. But I'm curious if they would... I'm curious if they actually think that there isn't a contradiction or a conflict at all. Because you don't it's introduced, which is like the precursor to that comic is like Kanan runs into the same alien from the planet that he was on on Calor. Um they, they don't introduce they don't introduce any of that. Mm-hmm. Um and then from there, you know, Bad Batch obviously isn't there, so that's a completely new addition to to the piece. Um there's two there's two things that I, I, I want to say about, about Caleb, but what did you think about um, a return or the introduction? Uh, actually, the introduction of animated Caleb Dune talking and having any action. It was as thrilling to me. It, it made me very excited. And in the past, I think you and I have talked about our favorite performances within star wars animation and how you know it's it's a medium that has a a fantastic sheet of of phenomenal performers but that there are certain performers where for whatever reason their voice just resonates with this animation in such a way that you really can can lose yourself in it you know vanessa marshall who voices harrison doula being the prime example where it's just like i'm not sure i believe that there is a voice coming from somewhere outside of that character. Like it really syncs up and Frey Prince Jr.'s performance as Kane and Jairus, I think is among those performances where it just so embodies that character that it's like, I've, I've listened to Freddie Prince Jr.'s podcast. I get Freddie Prince Jr. is a guy, but when I'm watching rebels and I'm watching Kane and I'm just utterly lost in it. So to have that character back, and to have Freddie Prince Jr. get to reprise the role was great. What did I think of it? I mean, I was all like, oh, you know, this little boy sounds like a grown man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. I mean, you know, whatever. It's great to have, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. back. And he's he's been uh, such a voice of positivity amongst, you know, the Star Wars fandom. And his character's phenomenal. And, and yeah, you know, I was thrilled to have him back. I'm not complaining. But, yeah, I mean, my thought was, Oh, this boy hit puberty very early. <laughs> like lucky. Um, I I was just like, so you're not really going to spend any money on like modulating that voice at all, like yeah, I'm... even just like one uh, one half step higher. <laughs> and also, it kind of 
it does also show um is a in episode highlights of the vast talent gap between D Bradley Baker and a lot of the cast. Not like, you know, that you're ranking all of them, but it's just like I'm so glad that you made a comment like this because mm-hmm. I have a note and we're going to go ahead and jump ahead in the episode a little bit. But to me, one of the most compelling things about this episode was that they established Crosshair as being a little bit of a deviant, not only from clones in general, but a bit of a deviant from the Bad Batch and having an Mm -hmm. anger to him and uh, a desire to follow orders to him. Like, he is ready... He's ready to obey the Empire, right? If the, you know, the new boss says kill these insurgents, he's not asking questions about more of these insurgents actually civilians. He's ready to mow people down. You know, he, he's got a gun. He wants you to tell him where to point it, and then he'll pull the trigger and get rid of that problem for you. And I'm watching this, and I'm seeing Hunter argue with him. You know, you know since when did following orders bring such blah, 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 and stuff, and, and really butting heads with Crosshairs. And I feel for, for Hunter, you know, because Crosshairs is just, you know, he's a gun and everything's a target. And I'm just thinking, man, this is exactly what it's like to have a podcast with Peter. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to have a great time talking about Star Wars. And this guy... Boy, you can't show him a bridge he's not willing to burn. Go ahead and give him, give him a bridge built out of metal. He'll find a way to burn that bad boy down. Yeah, so let's skip ahead to what I want to talk about in my parallel to Josh. Omega. Ha! <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Because listeners, regular listeners will know. When we did the the Po'boy Theater talking about the trailer for this show, and they debuted Alpha, and I went on a whole deal about, like, why they always have to put a little kid into this. Like, I feel like they just think little kids need to see little kids, blah, 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 blah. Second, that character showed up, and the voice actor uh, did her thing and was super charming, and it was established that this was a female clone. Done. Sold. I love that character. Character's great. As soon as I was like, this is a female clone. She's a part of uh, a group of people that have all but been stripped of their personhood. And then even within that group, she is a smaller subgroup. And what must her life be like? And what must her struggles be like? And I was instantly compelled. And I instantly liked that character. And I take back everything I said. So go ahead. Yeah. And um, wow, really just uh, remove the wind from my sails. Um I I actually enjoy Omega too. Um, I thought that she was a fine character. Um, I thought the timing of the episode was a little weird um, in terms of when she joins the cast and then when she doesn't. Um, but let's let's rewind back to um, we get. Let, let's go back to the start of Camino. I'm 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 done talking all about Caller. Boy, I um, love Camino. I'm a Camino's, big rain guy, Pete. I'm a big well, rain guy. I like when I too, um, you know, I I too like like to bring the thunder, um, and the rain, just in every facet of life. Well, I'm not as um, aggressive as all that, but I do find weather very contemplative. I am very aggressive when yep. it comes to business and weights <laughs> and hot takes and burning things to the ground, um. It was, I'm not aggressive. I'm just excellent. It is interesting you know? that I, I I don't know if you're going to understand this example, but it really felt like um, them going this is to Camino. About the Pope or something. No, it's about sports. Um, oh, okay, even better. Yeah. So when a head coach gets fired from um, a given, like I've let's say an MBA before. Okay. So. Um, when a professional <laughs> coach um, I got paid. Gets... <laughs> I like how you're comparing yourself you to theory? an MPA coach. <laughs> hey, buddy. You're just trying um, to be ignorant here, and I'm saying, you know, life's all right, politi- political, political example. Political example, okay? I'm out. Shifts between presidents, right? You have to remove and everybody. Hold on, hold on. And to the 
president's like the Josh, like the we, 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 we on earth. The president's like the I've had episodes. So if like you can just not, there. Josh, if you can just not, all right. Um, all I want to say, Josh, is that they changed the decor of Camino very quickly. All right, you they think? they swept in and they it went from the ships that were in episode three that were backing up Obi Wan and Anakin to those like takes on Tie Fighters and um, all of them. I'll have, like to, the shock. I'll have to rewatch. I mean, I'm gonna rewatch, but that's that's interesting you picked up on that because to me, Camino's always been more kind of sparse and imperial, right? Like the the like when you see, um, I almost called him Thrawn. That was silly. When you see Tarkin visit the Prime Minister there, and he's sitting down in the chair and stuff, I was like, oh wow, this is like a crazy blast from the past for fans because you have you know this iconically original film character showing up in this prequel trilogy like definitively prequel trilogy aesthetic and like when they're in the holding cell and stuff all that stuff checked out with me as far as what i know of camino from like episode two in the clone wars episodes because there's always been like a sparseness to camino like the exterior to me has always kind of looked imperial and then the interior has always kind of looked like an apple ad so that <laughs> i i didn't the apple campus any, any noted difference but well, I mean, for that when I watch again. the last episode that we have in Camino is Oof. the episode with fives, fives and right. Rex. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. So, I mean, that's season six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's either that one or it's the one where the old clown that helps when Camino gets attacked. Oh, no, that's all the way back in, in season three. Yeah. You okay. go back. You go back to Camino between those two. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a lot of brightness to Camino, and obviously, you know, it's intentional. The the level of darkness, and you know, there's a storm and stuff like that. But yeah. um, you know, they talk about it in terms of codes, like they need codes to get into the actual ship, and you know, there's these shock troopers, which I believe are the first introduction of shock tr of shock troopers. Yeah, because Hunter says something more about that. He, he said he, the Emperor's personal guard. The Emperor's personal guard. Interesting. That's how he refers to structure. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Which makes sense. They have the red flare and Right. Like, That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And they're the yeah, they're the type of clone that, that pops up on Mustafar to pick up Anakin's body. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I never put that together. Yep. 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 Yeah. So um we get to see uh, which it's hilarious to me that they get housing um and there's like some idea that they're gonna go back to camino like it's their home yeah they um, have the bad batch dorm and they show up and the dean is immediately like no keggers this weekend bad batch yeah um which was which was interesting um the cafeteria scene of like people and talking to them like they're thank you for bringing that up so I, mm -hmm. this is my big buddy. Send out your hottest pitch. I've got the bat ready to roll. I'm about to knock it out of the park here. This is my big contribution to the episode, right? And earlier you mentioned that there is a fan out there who made a point of cross-cutting all these different perspectives we've seen on Order 66 to give us a broader picture so that you have Fallen Order and you have Clone Wars and you have the live action and it, it cross-cuts so that you get a more galactic perspective of what's going on, right? And we have an addition to that in the portrayal of Order 66 in this episode, right? And so that that means the beginning of this episode takes place before the end of the show, The Clone Wars. And so if you were to cross-cut all of these things, and then you were to maybe continue, I really like to think that you would ultimately wind up with a concurrent crosscut that would, on one hand, be Bad Batch having a food fight, and on the other hand, be Ahsoka Tano burying the dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's really cool to know that Bad Batch was at least in a good place around that time in the galaxy. Like, someone was having a good time, right? Keeping the good vibes rolling. God bless. Well, it it was also interesting um, 
the the dynamics didn't make a whole lot of sense of these people like actively talking down to the bad batch because they're so much bigger than everybody and better than everybody and you'd yeah. think that you'd think that they would be afraid of them yeah and i mean i well and you know you would argue you know fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to bullying people in the cafeteria and i think you and i are on a slippery slope kind of addressing this but i think you know one of the great unmined ores of the star wars mythos is the fact that the clone army is kind of this unspoken massive force of slave labor that's employed by the republic like they're bred for work they're bred for war and we talked about in last week's episode one of the quintessential clone episodes from the clone wars being the umbara arc and that umbara arc and tarkin's treatment of bad badge in this episode they kind of tie together in that it's like this is a population that was bred for war and has been repeatedly kind of stripped of their personhood. Like amongst all of the clones, there is this sort of united front of the galaxy views us as a monolith and our leaders view us as a monolith. And, you know, you've got guys like Anakin where that means we're all individuals, but those, those people are few and far between. And to plenty of people, we are less than a person. And then on top of that, you know, to have um, continued intersexuality and intertextuality. I'm blanking on the word. I'm an English major. Don't worry about it. But, you know, there, there's, there's divisions within the perceived monolith of the clone army, right? Like life is hard for all of those clones. And then, you know, you have this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm a member of a population that is repeatedly stripped of their personhood. And within that population, we got these five weirdos. And, you know, maybe the bigger thing to do would be to, you know, unite as a whole. But my life is hard and I can kind of push the crap a little further down the line by shoving it on, on these guys. And well, I, well, Josh, I compelling. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. in terms of the timeline, but the cafeteria scene happens after the like Palpatine speech about, you know, there being a galactic empire now. Is that correct? I believe believe so. Right. And by, by that point, we have already had our exposition about the regs and another great example is because previously we had talked about, yeah, bad batch calling regular cones, the regs and stuff. And yeah, the, the divisions within within the populace there. So I'm curious, and maybe this is a conflict in the narrative, but in you, you know, you see that difference of oh, you know what? I, I actually think this supports your point a little bit better because the point that I the scene that I'm looking for in particular is when um they try to talk to a clone and the clone just completely ignores them and <laughs> yeah, the clone's text. ignoring them because of yeah. Yeah. because like, oh, because mm-hmm. yeah so like oh no change there yeah 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 falls, that's falls in line um so the the third scene that we get or the third scene that we get is the training facility where they are basically put into an extremely dangerous situation where we see the droids that are from season two right you know, buddy, I, I, they certainly seem to be a callback to, to dark troopers, shadow troopers. I apologize, I forget the creepy shadow name trooper they sounds them. right. They certainly seem to be invoking that, but I think there's also a bit of a transition there between like the battle droids that you see attack Camino because that whole sequence is is arguably uh, a callback to season three, episode one rookies, which is a, or no, not called rookies. I cadets, clone cadets, uh, which has um, fives and echo and heavy and that whole group of clones. It's their 
canonical first appearance where it's them on Camino being trained and they are in that room doing, you know, a training simulation, not with live rounds and stuff, right? And those are the quote-unquote regs. Those are the regular clones. That's, you know, this is supposed to be a run-of-the-mill batch of clones. And so we have a picture already of how they operate in this situation. And so this is a nice parallel to that where it's not only it's not only a parallel in time where you get an understanding of, oh, this is how the Republic treated this, and there's a Jedi in charge, and, and now we have, oh, this is the Empire, and there's a man with a widow's peak in charge. And so that's different. But you also get, you know, this is how, quote-unquote, regs treat it, and this is how with, bad um, with thigh With thighs of steel as well. Mm. Um, yeah, take a look at that in your rewatch. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so... I thought it was. Like I was not. Here, honestly, I mean, these bad boys. <laughs> they came. Um, it was the part of the trailer I was looking forward to the least. Of you know, I'm watching. Put it this way, if I tell the butcher, "Give me the cut of meat that looks the most like these bad boys," and I pat my thighs, I'm paying a lot of money. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not getting. I'm not getting some ground chuck. Okay. Well, the butcher looks at me and is like, "We're gonna need a bigger, a, a bigger weight." <laughs> All right, because. This is grade A po' boy. All right, mm-hmm. so with that, being, boy, with, that, boy, 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 boy. with that being the case, uh, they get sent on a mission to test their loyalty um, at various Onderon. points. They get sent to Onderon to get rid of a separatist uprising. Um, there's a ton of exposition in these like, 10, 20 minutes of like, well, why aren't we chipped? What's going on? Uh, um for yeah. some reason, I can get into the intelligence I, of the clones, I so I know that. I thought that that was just the right amount of time spent on it. I thought they did an okay job of of covering that without feeling like an insane exposition dump, like explaining for you know Jane or Joe, Star Wars fan, like, hey, wait a minute, all the clones turn. I, you know, I I thought they covered that swift. I actually right. thought and um. I'm curious on your thoughts of this. Mm -hmm. They're putting the Bad Batch at the same level as a Jedi. Because they mowed down... I think that's a big point of why they pit them against Caleb Dune early on in that episode. I mean, I I think... Because, you know, I I think that that cold open... And, I mean, one of the notes here I have is just, you know, what a freaking cold open. And we already talked about how great that, that cold open was. But I think one of the big creative and clever things that they did with that cold open is it doesn't only establish like okay well this is happening in this era you need to explain where these characters were in the most important event that happened in this era or 66 but it also yeah it it pairs them up with a jedi and it kind of shows you where they fall in that ranking of guy with a lightsaber stormtrooper right and yeah yeah they they also do a very good job of tarkin um explain the canon of why stormtroopers suck of <laughs> the foundationally yeah yeah the, the like the Kaminoans are like um doomed from go really are the Kaminoans are like our soldiers are more efficient they're better and Targan's like um price cost average and yeah. state st- state of the economy in a totalitarian state um <laughs> So it does do, you know, each of these TV shows provides some further context explaining some question that like every kid in the 80s was asking of like, why, why can these stormtroopers not hit anything? And they're kind of providing more context into that. Yeah. Yeah, let me see. What did so, you think of um oh all right, I I was going to move on to Onderon, but Okay, before have... we move on to Onderon, I did have one other note and it's a really important note and this is the only note I wrote down that I'm going to read verbatim. Uh, and I have this in 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 terms of the training exercise and when Tarkin decides that he's going to use lethal rounds on on Bad Batch and they're really, you know, they're up against the wall, they have to exceed the expectation or they will die. Uh, the note here I have is something, something knife to a gunfight. <laughs> um, it and was weird. Just... 
yeah <laughs> go ahead it brings us to a broader point about and we're going to end up getting this i suppose going in in kind of um chronological order through the episode but i mean crosshair shoots a knife with a gun and the knife stabs a robot in the head and this was this was something i quite frankly couldn't help but wonder about as soon as Bad Batch was announced and it was like, oh, this this cast of characters that is essentially five 80s action film tropes made Mm -hmm. into people is going to be the main cast for this show. Right. And so let's you know, let's walk it through. You have Echo, Echo Boys, 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 Boys is, you know, he's a regular clone. He's tortured. He came back from that. Um, He has, you know, arguably you know, physical, uh, physically, he is utterly abled. He's missing limbs. He's been through a lot, but he has persevered through that. And that's a strength that he has. And he brings a team. You have tech who is smart. He has come to understand the technology well, around him. Josh, let's talk about we- weaknesses that? too, because echo has a what? weakness to food trays. <laughs> well, right? and I have like... a weakness about echo, but we'll get back to that in a moment. Right. <laughs> Cause tech is like, I understand technology. I've, I've done the research. I understand the world around me. I can utilize that. Wrecker is strong. He's physically strong. He hits the gym. He doesn't skip leg day. Hunter has enhanced senses. But beyond that, you know, he's also given a little bit more time. It's implied that he perhaps has, you know, an incense morality or, you know, that he's he's a thoughtful man. He's He's paying attention to the world around him. Um, am, am I missing anyone else? I mean, I don't think I'm missing any of the bad bash folks. I mean, Omega, you know, medical. She's a character who's, who's brought up and trained in, in medicine and stuff and healing. This is, this is important. And then you have crosshairs and crosshairs is coming to a children's TV show in 2021 with a special skill that is guns. I could shoot a guy. <laughs> My whole deal is I have a gun <laughs> and I can kill a man with it. And so going into this, that really did kind of feel like, I don't know, like you can call him a marksman and you can kind of play it off as a marksman, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, Wrecker's strong. You can be strong for a lot of reasons, right? Tech is smart. You can use intelligence for a lot of things. Echo has perseverance. He's he's overcome great struggle. Hunter has enhanced senses. The the world is your oyster with enhanced senses. Crosshairs can kill a man very effectively. <laughs> and there's not a lot of nuance to that. And so I was very curious how they would handle that. And yeah, I, I think they they set that up in a in a very interesting way and part of me honestly the way this episode was going part of me did genuinely wonder if crosshairs would even make it out of the episode or if another part of me was like disney was like no 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 you are going to shut this down immediately dear boy no thank well, you let let me let me provide a different perspective to that too mm-hmm. so um I'll, I got a note on it and then a question to you. So I think that it's well done to have Crosshair be kind of the like quote unquote villain in the first couple of episodes because you of it all. And I can appreciate you, that. You, you can't have Tarkin getting clowned so much this early on. And then Vader is like, who knows what the different, the timeline was between, you know, Anakin on Mustafar and then Vader. Is it immediate? Is it yeah, down the line? You don't know the point, Pete. You don't know what the timeline is. A month of recovery time. Mm-hmm. Or is he in there Monday and he's out Tuesday? That's a good point. I never thought. And about then that. we don't know the timeline of the Inquisitors. And no. here, let me do my aftermath. Um, carry the one, add the two. They need to have a villain that has a face. So <laughs> I think that that serves that that purpose. Now, yeah, and it, I mean, I think also, and I, before we did this episode, um, I wound up just scanning through the internet and watching uh, Dave Filoni's interview with Good Morning America, 
And in that interview, he kind of touched on Bad Batch and the idea being that we have this whole generation of Star Wars fans that grew up on Clone Wars. And to that generation, you know, Clone Wars is very important. And the goal here is to kind of tell a story about, you know, what did those individuals do when the thing that they were literally made to defend, you know, I mean, even the most patriotic among us, I don't think can entirely relate to literally being created and given life with the purpose of holding up our government. And when that is your, that is your baseline, what do you do when that government shifts? And with the idea of telling that kind of story in mind, I think it is important to show both perspectives. Uh, You know, it's great that there are, you know, people who won't just follow orders and people who go against the new empire and are like, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. I don't agree with this. I'm not just going to blindly follow. But I also think it's really compelling and a cool choice to track somebody who, you know, and it's, it's very much implied in this episode, it's against their will, but to follow someone who does go along with following orders and, you know, to, to split bad batch unevenly as it is split. I mean, it's just one guy, but to, to track a clone, I mean, it's, it's essentially to, to draw a parallel to other characters without spoiling too much for rebels. We have a pretty clear idea of what happened to captain Rex after clone wars, at least in, in broad strokes, we know what his future holds, right? Commander Cody, all we know about him is when Order 66 came through and Kenobi was in his sights, he fired. And so I, th- I think it's very compelling to, to tell the perspective of, of these clones, t- to tell that story, rather, from the perspective of, of clones that did and did not go along with that change. And so, I, I, yeah, I think it was a very cool idea to have crosshairs um, turn to the other side. Well, it's definitely going to have, I was watching a little bit of the Bad Batch trilogy in the last season of Quadrilogy. Quadrilogy, Triumvirate. Um, And I think I'm going to have to finish it because I want to get more about Crosshair's personality. Oh, you mean psychopath? Let me just cross out the note I have here. Crosshairs is a miserable monster. Okay, because that's my fourth note. So that probably came in about five minutes into the episode. Because the the question is, um, there's two notes um, that happen in the episode. Is you know, is the chip actually working or not? Because Omega makes a comment like, while they're in the prison about two crosshairs. And then separately, Crosshairs gets a medical treatment that you know, turns the chip augmentation or some such that, it's referred to later. That just like what locks in Crosshairs like chip so that Crosshair is like 100% obedient. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and also like why is Omega a that and why Omega Omega well, she's, you know. She's the she's the uh, force user. <clears throat> yes, force. Um... Boy, oh boy! I did. I mean, again, I immediately liked Omega. I didn't know that I would. I kind of felt like, oh, they're gonna strap a kid onto this show because they think that's what kids want to see. And then, yeah, again, as soon as Omega showed up, I was like, oh, this this character does rule, uh, and I am very invested in it. I, I I don't know that I need. I don't know that I need them to be force sensitive. Like, not everybody's got to be force sensitive, right? You could probably go back to our first episode of Pedro Boys and the first episode of The Mandalorian, where I was like, oh, it's so cool that there's a little boy Yoda or whatever. I hope that they're not force sensitive. It seems like pretty broad strokes to just decide every character with big or force sensitive. Or, or, and hear me out, and then we're going to talk about Andron and how we don't we care better. about Andron. We've got six minutes. Okay. Or, um, Omega. Omega. Through through the show, becomes attached to Bad Batch. Bad Batch gets wiped out, and then she assumes the role of Star Killer for 
from the video games and no. does the exact same storyline. All right, Andron, go ahead. <laughs> and Michelle Ng, by the way, is is the voice actor who portrays Omega. And I I mean, I have to be honest, a huge part of my immediately being compelled by that character was the performance of Michelle Ng. I thought she did an incredible job and that that character immediately felt entirely embodied and again i mean like i said i just knowing that that character is the only female clone we met and knowing how hard it is just to be a clone in general immediately my imagination went running and i i felt like oh i have a to i have an force. idea of what yeah what this character's life might have been like and it, when it does she tough. meet little yanni are her are her and Luke friends? Okay, Andron, and then we got a well in the episode. Yeah, sure. Um, I appreciated that when Omega showed up, uh, Wrecker's line was, "What's that?" Because to me, what he really meant to say was, "What's that?" Uh, girl. Um, I I like that. Hunter's Day essentially com- was comprised of Order 66 in which the organization in which he was literally bred to defend literally his life's blood folded in upon itself and the peacekeepers he was made to support were labeled enemies of the state and his brethren were enlisted to murder them. And then after that, um, he met a girl clone and his description of this day was this day gets weirder and weirder, which is to say that even weirder than order 66, that over there is a g- 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 girl. So that was cool. And then- well, 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 Josh, the, the thing though is you have to also put perspective of they have set into the show that, they're outsiders looking into the society of rags. So they yeah. don't, they have a loose attachment. You know, this is their home, they're Cameron Owens, but they're fine leaving. Um, right. They haven't really we said what their end goal is, but Jedi. Um, well, it's J19, baby. And so when you look at those kind of things, they're their own unit, which has not been directly affected. So they're able to have some outside perspective and also provide a bunch of um, exposition to the audience. If they hadn't, you know, watched clone wars or it's been a while since um, revenge of the Sith. Right. And with that outside perspective uh, events in the order of occurrence were order 66 and meeting a girl. And again, the phrase was weirder. Order 66 and weirder meaning a girl uh i think it was really profound probably look i think that without going into detail for anyone who has weirdly listened this far in and hasn't listened watched the end of clone wars the last scene of clone wars haunts me it is sparse and unforgiving and it haunts me and i find it extremely profound However, rivaling the profundity of that sequence is when Wrecker in this episode says, I like to blow stuff up because I like to blow stuff up. And look, I respect nothing like I respect this hology. And I just got to say, God bless Wrecker for keeping it 100. And then I want to say that my last note that I have here before we go to Onderon and finish this episode up in a minute is, look, it's super cool that Bad Batch took in Echo and he's letting them be part of, you know, Clone Force 99 or whatever. You guys got to let Echo go out into the sun. He's not a hermit crab. You can't keep him in a shell all day and expect him to flourish. He needs to be able to get some kind of tan going. You gotta let him outside. You gotta let him take his helmet off, guys. It's not okay. He cannot be the same shade as printer paper. 
No, that makes that that's a bad take. Um, he's more droid than human, more. and you oh, don't yeah, try yeah. and tan droids. Machine so, man. um, to quote. more machine. You don't tan. You don't give machines mm. sun. So we have less um, than thirty uh, seconds left, and I don't feel like saying goodbye. So let's just keep this rolling, baby. Pubboys Podcast at gmail.com. No, no, no. Pubboys Podcast is our Instagram and Twitter. Episode say? two is not what titled, and we will see you next week. Did you actually write a theme? I think I'm going to write it out as Echo Boys, Boys, Boys. And I'm still talking, and I don't even know what's going to happen after six seconds. Oh, it's still recording. Um, That's a new one. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was shut off after now. <laughs> Well, uh, um, <laughs> shoot. All right. Um, I I guess I'll talk to you, um, Josh. Oh, yeah. I, wow. Oh no! It's it's shutting off on its own. Oh. <laughs>